So the first question is, inshallah, is Dajjal a man? If yes, how come he was there at the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? And why did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam not kill him then? Just the judge is a man. And he was not in Medina Munawwara at the time of Prophet. Even if we say he was, he wasn't recognized as the judge. Inshallah, if we have time tomorrow, we'll talk about a hadith that describes a person who was known as Ibn Sayyad, who was born in Medina Munawwara, had all the description of the judge. When Rasulullah went to see Ibn Sayyad along with some other Sahaba and he saw all the description of the Jal in Ibn Sayyad who was about 15 years old according to this narration that I'm reading at that time he was around 15 years old so Umar radiallahu anhu and you know what Umar would say right away Umar radiallahu anhu said Ya Rasulullah Allow me to kill him. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, If he is the Jal, then that's not your responsibility. You won't be able to do it. That's Isa alayhi salatu salam. Allah already designated that responsibility to Isa alayhi salatu salam, so no one else could do it. And if you kill him, that means he wasn't the Jal. So there is no need to kill this man. As people now arrive in falsehood, terrorists and falsehood, by his preacher is bound to perish. How does the Jal mix the Haq and Batin? And how is it related to this ayah? And the truth stands clear from error. The question is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Jal Haq wa Zabaq al so then, how can the Jal mix up Haq and Batil? I don't know how this ayah conflicts. I say there is only milk from, there is only water, there is no milk. Would I be able to mix with water and milk? I don't have milk. But if I have water in one glass, milk in another glass, now there is Haq and Batil, there is water and milk I can mix them up with. This is Rasulullah This is the effect of the haq. When haq comes, batil goes away. There was batil, Rasulullah brought the haq. Now, of course, we are very backward and bringing the haq. We are not bringing the haq, therefore batil is coming and still away. So if we bring the haq, batil will go away. But the way of bringing haq is not to keep on fighting batil, is to bring the haq. But right now, we are not bringing the haq. We are sitting on the haq. We are hiding the haq. And therefore, batil is prevailing everywhere. So therefore, the jal will have haq and batil there because we have not taken the batil away. We have kept batil everywhere. In our home, there is batil. In our life, there is batil. There is batil everywhere. So therefore, you would be able to mix it up. Take that milk out there, throw the milk away, let the bottle go away. You won't be confused anymore. You won't
won't be able to confuse it for you. You would confuse it for the people who are having hak and battle. It won't. But if you don't have hak, they won't mess up. And for those who have battle only, this is why the hadith doesn't say he will try to confuse the kuffar. Because there is only battle there. There is no hak, so he won't mix it up for them either. So it's mixing up for the people who are not bringing up the hak properly. Why would Medina and Mecca stay unharmed in the time of Dajjal? We know angels are protecting it, but why these two cities? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose so. Now, why Allah chose it, I will have to find out that number that, that we have. You said that Imam Mahdi will be there when Dajjal will come. So isn't Muslims Iman supposed to be really strong at that time when Imam Mahdi comes? Of course, people of Iman will join Imam Mahdi. And people with, with Iman, they would see all the other powers on the other hand. So they will try to go with the Jal and his powers. And this is the only thing that will help during those days is the power of Iman. That will be the only mean of protecting our souls from the fitna of the Jal. Is the Jal alive now? If so, where is he? I haven't seen him, but... The hadith speaks about the Jal being alive, the hadith that I just mentioned towards the end of my session. I don't know the person who wrote the question if he has missed the session, but the hadith of Tamim al-Dari, which is mentioned in Sahih Muslim, talks about the Jal being alive. And Muhaddisin have explained the hadith in detail, saying that just like Isa alayhi salatu is in the heavens, and he is at the same age as he was resurrected, same way the Jal is captured over there, wherever he is in that island, and he is staying at the same age from the time he was captured. He will not change until he will come out and then all the other things will start taking effect on him. Who is more powerful at the time of Dajjal, Dajjal or Shaitan? Who will be more powerful at the time of Dajjal, Dajjal or Shaitan? Dajjal is working for Shaitan. So, of course, Shaitan is the one who is misleading everyone. And the child is the one that will bring all the fitness for Shaitan. My question is, I heard that in the Hadith, towards the final day, uh, the Kaaba will be destroyed by a Habashi person. Um, can you please comment on this Hadith? I don't know what commentary is required over here. Hadith is very clear that Prophet wasallam said that there will be a person who will attack the Kaaba. And Prophet Wasallam said, as I'm talking, this, these are his words, he said, as I'm talking, I'm talking as I'm seeing that person breaking every stone of the Kaaba, taking it apart. And then, of course, after that, the Kaaba will be reconstructed, but there will be a time when a person will demolish the whole Kaaba. There have been typical descriptions of the Jal being short and having curly hair in a hadith. Is this a correct physical description? Yes, it is correct, and inshallah, we will talk about it tomorrow. But, yes, this is a description that Tasir is short, he will have curly hair, and he will have uh, very thick hair. He would be white with reddishness on his face. This description is mentioned there. What is the purpose of... Meanwhile, there is a uh, uh, question in Arabic. 
كقوله يواطئ في الحديث يواطئ باسمه اسمه اسمه that what does the word يواطئ mean Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said his name will be similar to my name ayyumafid which means similar to my name Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what is in the room of, of the mention among the five keys the seven ghaib the five things of ghaib nowadays uh, people tend to find out the gender of a child they tend to explain more in detail which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only knows and not humans the question is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran, إِنَّ اللَّهَ عِنْدَهُ عِلْمُ السَّاعَةِ وَيُنَزِّلُ الْغَيْثَ وَيَعْلَمُ مَا فِي الْأَرْحَامِ وَمَا تَدْرِي نَفْسٌ مَادَا تَكْسِبُ غَدًا وَمَا تَدْرِي نَفْسٌ بِعِيَاطٍ تَمُودٍ There are five things that no one has information of these things except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one of those things is knowing the gender of the fetus in the womb of the mother. Now, the question comes that nowadays they are able to tell you the gender of the fetus, so how could we apply this ayah on that situation? If we read the ayah carefully, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَيَعْلَمُ مَا فِي الْأَرْحَامِ Now, we need to understand the Arabic language here. Ma in Arabic language means what? And man means who? Ma means what? And man means who? You will say, مَا فِي هَذَا الْكَأْسِ What's in the cup? But you won't say, مَنْ فِي الْكَأْسِ Who is in the cup? So, ma is for non-living being, and man is for living being. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَيَعْلَمُ مَا فِي الْأَرْحَامِ He knows what's in the womb of the mother. We are able to say who is in there. We can't tell what's in there. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what is there before it becomes who. So before it becomes a living being, before anything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows it. And not only this, then... Once it starts taking a shape and then has some body parts to it, then through that we'll say, okay, this is what it is. But all we knew about it is that man, boy, or a girl. That's all. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the word ma. If there is in this cup, I have some pennies, I have a dollar, then I have a, some jewelry in there, I have some pearls in here, and someone will ask me, ma filkas, what's in the cup? And I say it's pennies, and I don't mention anything else, it would be wrong because ma in Arabic means everything that is in here. Tell me everything that's in the cup. This is ma filkas. What's in the cup? So ma in Arabic, in Arabic language, they use the word umum. It comes for everything that is in there. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows about that thing that is supposed to become a human being, that who is this person? What he would be. Is he going to be a poor man? Is he going to be a leader? He's going to be a politician that will end up in the jail? Or he will be uh, someone else? Allah knows all the details about this person. He knows everything that's in this womb and all the details about it. And being aware in Jannah or Jahannam to that point, Allah knows from before birth till the end day, Allah knows, has all the information about this person. With respect to the verse, when you have been in life, um, People nowadays predict the weather forecast and it's it explained. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who does it and people predict that. So there is no contradiction. I can tell you that this is going to happen tomorrow, but I won't do it. So the doer is someone else. I'm only telling you what will happen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the word, He's the one who sends down the rain. doesn't say that he's the one who informs us about the rain. He says he's the one who sends down the rain. 
So sending the rain is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We predict that it will or it will not. So two similar questions here. First question is when was the child born? Was he born at the time of the Prophet Adam alayhi salam? And according to the hadith of Imam Abdurim al-Dari radiallahu anhu, the child is alive today. And is he a supernatural person as he must be over more than a thousand years old? As far as Dajjal, when was he born? We don't know exactly because in those days they never used to make a birth certificate. So we have no record of his date of birth. But is he alive? The hadith of Tamim al-Dari radiallahu anhu tells us he's alive. Being alive, does it make him a supernatural person? This reminds me that a person was selling a small candle. And he's advertising the candle that this candle has a jinn in it. If you buy it, a jinn will come out of this and you can tell the jinn to do anything for you and the jinn will do it for you. So, and I think it's a well-known story, many of us may have heard it, that, but you didn't hear the last part of it. So anyway, he's selling the candle for 10000 Someone said, that candle is too expensive for 10000 There's gin. You can tell the gin to do whatever you want. He'll do it for you. And he said, okay, he buys the candle for $10,000. And now, he, as soon as he lights the candle up, the gin comes out. He says, tell me, master, what do you want? He says, build me a huge castle with three stories and with these amenities. And the gin laughs loud. And he says, are you joking? If I was able to make a castle, would I be tied up in this candle? Supernatural, what the supernatural means is tied up over there in the island. If he was supernatural, it would come out. There is nothing like this. All that is to it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not stop the effect of the time from having it on him. And therefore, he will remain at the same situation, same age, till the time that he would come out. And again, the worldly effect will start having the effect on him. Can and should one make dua to be the young man that challenged the job from Medina? Sure, there is nothing wrong in making that dua, that being that man only. But if the child comes out, don't think that you are the man and you're going to challenge him. Because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he was asked, Ya Rasulullah, if we see him, what should we do? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Every mu'min is supposed to run away from him. Don't try to go to him because a person, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, people would try to go to challenge him. And because of not having enough knowledge, they would be confused by his questions and by his objections and it will start becoming his followers. And would it be permissible to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make dua not to see Dajjal but to be passed away before his This will be the best dua that you want to make that Ya Allah save me from the fitna of Dajjal that I don't see Dajjal. That's the best thing for us. Many times people make dua that Ya Allah let Imam Mahdi come quick. If Imam Mahdi come you will see Dajjal too. So don't make that dua. Ask Allah to protect you from everything. Just wondering why Imam Mahdi and Dajjal would come from the Middle East and not from other parts of the world. What is your opinion? I don't see any prophet came from this part of the world either. No prophet came from this part of the world. If people think that Jesus was European, he was from Palestine. Ibrahim is from Iraq. Musa is Egyptian. So all the Mbiya came from that side too. 
people of this tribe of the world side of the world they are just followers or they have nothing can you comment on some forecast that people have made with respect to Imam Mahdi being alive at this very moment I have no comment on that because every time people try to forecast that whenever people have a difficulty they will forecast that Imam Mahdi is out hoping that now he will come and do something only because I don't want to do anything let's keep on doing what we are supposed to do and Imam Mahdi whenever he would come here would do his he would do his work Brother Andrew Kitchener, there are two questions. The first question is, what is the purpose of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala subjecting us Muslims to these hardships and trials? And for example, the trial of Dajjal, what is the purpose of this? That is the purpose of the life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created life and death to test you and see who would do the good deeds. Towards the end days, people will start going away from deen. That simply means general public is going towards Jahannam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for the protection of people from Jahannam, will send this fitna of Dajjal that will be inviting people towards believing in him as Rabb. We know it. It's very simple to know that I should not take him as a Rabb. It's a simple test, although we made it difficult on ourselves because of indulging in our dunya. Otherwise, really, rejecting Dajjal as being Rabb is very simple. All that is to add, hardships will come with it as you will reject him because he will try to take away your dunya away from you. He won't be able to take your deen away. If you keep your deen, he, will, he can take the dunya. But if you choose to take the dunya, he will take the deen away. So it will be our choice and it will be a very simple choice. If people would choose to give up to sell their deen for dunya, then this person is loser and that's by his choice. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it so easy for him that you were going in a wrong direction throughout your life. Now the jail is out. The only thing for you now is we are demanding you that you reject the jail and become the people of Jannah. Very simple. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rahmah that this trial will come at a time when people will be going away from being to make the path of Jannah easy for them. Again, if any brothers and or sisters have any questions, um, please hand the questions over to our volunteer. I'm curious, is TV and modern media, form of the internet, uh, a system or systems that have paved the way for the Dajjal and its deception? For sure, they have paved and they are paving the way for it. And all of these things will be used, but not to say that this is the Dajjal itself. Of course, the Dajjal will use all of these means. If the Jal won't be allowed to enter the city of Madinat al-Munawwara, would you recommend that we move to Madinat al-Munawwara? If you get a visa to stay there, sure, but don't stay illegally. There will come a time when we have to go into the mountains to protect our faith and Iman. How will our children know when it will be the actual time. Because they will be with you, you take them with you, don't leave them in the city and go away. How old will the Jabi when he comes and what age group will he attack? Rasulullah told us that he will be a young person and therefore he will be more attractive towards the youth. But a lot of pre-type categories of people, Rasulullah especially mentioned in the hadith that we'll start following him, Arab, villagers, 
نمبر 2 المراه النساء women and number 3 اليهود رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said 70000 يهود from a city called Isfahan will follow the jihad so they will be these will be the main three categories but as the hadith tells us he would be young so he would be very attractive to a lot of youth because of different things that he would use well Jafar or the letter Jaf Ta'ala uh, be written, which will be written on Dajjal's forehead, will it be in Arabic or another language? And the second question is, will it be on his uh, forehead or will it be lower close to his eyebrows? Just look up, you will see it. What difference does it make if it is on his eyebrows or his forehead? Just look up and you will be able to see it. And what language? It's a language that we all would be able to read. That's something promised. Regardless of the language, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, told us in the hadith, that يَقْرَأُهُ كُلُّ مُؤْمِنٍ كَاتِبٍ وَغَيْرِ كَاتِبٍ Every believer would be able to read it, whether the person is, uh, knows how to read or is illiterate, would be able to read that kafara, whatever language he would read. Can you comment on the 2012 phenomenon, that, that this, this concept of this notion, that the world will end or come to an end in 2012. If you really think it's happening, then just sign up your house and your car to my name and then <laughs> I will allow you to schedule 2012 and then after that you're on your own. Um, this, this question is related to the third session, uh, the minor signs of the final hour with respect to tall buildings. Um, from what I understand, many tall buildings are also in the West, and the companies or um, organizations which are directing these tall buildings, they aren't shepherds and poor people. They are very well clothed and they are rich. Only a few tall buildings are in the Arab world. How do we explain this? I think there are three errors in this question. Number one, to say that only, there are only few tall buildings in the Arab world. That means the person has not gone over there. Number two, that the person assuming that every tall building means has to be erected by a villager or a shepherd. The hadith doesn't say that every building will be tall building will be erected by them. All it says that shepherds will be erecting tall tall buildings. Number three, if a person is wearing suit and tie, it doesn't mean that he is not red Indian and he is not one of the shepherds that were that came at the early days in this part of the world. You would see most of the people that own these buildings, you would be surprised in this part of the world. Most of the people who own these buildings, they were shepherds at some point in time. Whether they came from other countries, you call it Palestine or Israel, or you, they were originally Americans, red Indians or whoever they would be, they have a lot of tall buildings in every downtown and you would know who owns those buildings in the ten, uh, downtown areas, you would see that those were the people whose forefathers were shepherds. Will all the Muslims be obliged to personally um, obey Imam Mahdi as their Khalifa? And will all the Muslims be obliged to pledge allegiance or perform bay'ah on Imam Mahdi's hands? Every Muslim that would be able to have be in contact with Imam Mahdi or representative of Imam Mahdi, that person would be uh, required to take the bay'ah on the Imam Mahdi, on the hands of Imam Mahdi and follow him. And surely a person with true Iman would never reject to do so. So that will be again, is the time of Iman and Kufr. Iman, 
will make the person do what a person is supposed to do, and a person who does not have the perfect iman, the proper iman, the strong iman, those are the people who would refuse it. And if they refuse it, there will be only two groups at that time. Either you join Imam Mahdi or join the other group, but you may hear the statement, you are with us or against us. Is it possible since the advent of hadith regarding the signs of the final hour, that certain members of certain societies, for example, government, elite organizations, after being educated at these signs, will try to create and make these signs happen through their own will. Does that make the signs legitimate or illegitimate? We don't have to worry about people making it up. There are all of those signs, especially the minor ones that are there. You could see all of those signs are there. Major ones, as we see in the hadith, is not something that a person would be able to make it up. If it happens, it is a reality. There is no fabrication behind it. These major signs, for example, the sun is not coming from where it's supposed to come. Everyone would see it is not that someone told me that today the sun was rising from this side, from behind my home. And you wouldn't believe that. So we have to see these ones. Major signs are so obvious and clear that no one can make them up. Minor signs, we already see all of them. So it's already there. All that is left now, you can see, is minor signs getting even bigger, stronger, and major ones coming up any time. And once one of them would come, they would fall one after another. Will the knowledge of the Quran and the Masanif be taken away before Imam Mahdi? Will they be taken away before or after Dajjal? Or will they be taken away after the death of Isa alayhi salam? And if so, how will the people offer salah then? This knowledge will be taken away in two different timings. One is before the time of Isa alayhi salam. And when we say before Isa alayhi salam, really you can say it's before Imam Mahdi because the time of Imam Mahdi and Isa alayhi salam is very close. It's almost the same time Imam Mahdi would come, people would take the bayah in his hands, and they would all get together over there in Sham. And at that time, once they would be leading, Imam Mahdi would be leading the Salah, or they were about to start the Salah, and Isa would descend, and then he would take it from there on. So that time is almost the same time. That will be the time when there will be a lot of ignorance, but it does not mean Quran will be taken away, and there will be no Muslims. No, there will be Muslims, and Quran will still be there, and there will be some people with ilm at that time. But generally, people will be in ignorance about the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But after the time of Isa alayhi salatu wasalam, gradually, people will start forgetting this deen again, and finally a time come when even Quran will be taken, then there will be no hajj anymore, and no knowledge is left, Allah will take away the Quran, and then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam says in the hadith which is in Sahih Muslim, as long as there are people to say Allah, Allah, Tehmatishman will not take place. One, when the time comes that there is no one to even remember the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that will be the time of the Qiyamah. Um, is it advisable to teach our children, or what age should we teach our children about the signs of Qiyamah as many of the signs um, directly or indirectly speak about violence? These signs of Qiyamah, they don't take talk about violence as much as your children's games teach them the violence. And I haven't heard what this question ever in my life that should we give them these games and allow them to watch these games or play these games. You know, they watch more violence on the TV programs, forget about just the games on the TV programs, than people in the, throughout the history could have ever thought about. 
So this is really not teaching the violence, it's teaching them how to protect themselves against the violence. This is what all of these hadiths are teaching us. Imam Ibn Majah, in his Sunan, when he narrated the detailed hadith about the Jal, at the end of the hadith, he narrated the narration of one of the muhaddisin who was the narrator of that hadith, saying that we should give this hadith to every person that teaches in the maktab system. This is at that time the muhaddisin are saying, every teacher that teaches in the maktab, te- teaches the young children, qaida alif ba ta ta, we should give this hadith to that teacher so he can teach this uh, hadith to all the children so that they are protected against the fitna of the jah. Abdullah ibn Abbas has been writing about him that once his son was performing salah, his young son was performing salah next to him. After salah, he said to his son, he recited dua. Allah, Abdullah ibn Abbas decided to this dua. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min a'adhaab al-naa. Wa'udhu bika min a'adhaab al-qadr. Wa'udhu bika min fitnat al-masih al-dajjal. Wa'udhu bika min fitnat al-mahiya wal-mamat. He recited the dua. And he asked his son, did you recite this dua in salah? He said, no. He said, repeat your salah. This is how they used to train their children in those days, teaching them all of these hadiths at that young age. I heard all technology will be gone before the job comes, and people will start with cords and device. So even on inside of Islam, we'll still the job with some cord or a spear. Is this true? All this technology will not go away before the Jal. The Jal was the highest peak of technology. He will be on the highest peak of it. He would use every kind of technology. But that was the end of That will be the end of technology. It will be the end of all of the system. It doesn't take too long for the system to fail. The system, the way it's made, it could be seconds for it to just go away. So, as we see in the hadith of the Jal, Rasulullah told us he would be killing people, bring them back to life. But finally when he would arrive there at the door of Medina Munawwara and he will kill that young man, after that, after killing him once, he won't be able to kill him again and after that he won't be able to use that technology anymore of killing and people and people back together. That's it. That will be the end of that one. So this is how that will keep on ending during his time. So he would be on the peak of it, but everything will start going away from his hand. He will start losing control over all of these things. And when Isa salat salam would come, all of his technology would fail. And this is how he would run away from Isa salam recognizing that he has nothing left with him anymore. Will the words for the letters God, Salah, physically be written on the Jal's face? And will only the believers be able to read that very word? Exactly. This is the hadith tells us that only the believers will be able to read in which format are the written is there a nur in the mu'min's heart that will show the person that is written over there? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the best the way and the format and the method of knowing it. All the hadith tells us that, that every mu'min is guaranteed would be able to read it. What is the best way to protect ourselves and our families from the fitna of the jal? To come tomorrow in the last session. Dajjal will not just be able to save their lives by pretending that they are with him. We know that in current periods or in our current times, Muslims can save their lives from any danger just by pretending or making up a lie. So my question is, 
whether this allowance will not be available to Muslims in the time of the judge. Brother of Hadith tell us very clearly that Munafiqeen will start following the Dajjal. So people who would not be willing to come openly and stand for their faith, for their deen, for their iman, unfortunately they will go down outside. There will be nothing in between at that time. Everything will be white and black. And you are this side or you are that side. So there is no nifaq. There is iman, there is kufr at that time. So Rasulullah sallallahu told us every munafiq will start following Dajjal and people will know that yesterday this person used to stand with us in the sub, today he is munafiq, he is going over there with the jah. We'll be very clear. Of course, there has been a lot of fitna and fears for the man and wants to leave the place of fitna, but his family refuses uh, to leave, his children refuse to leave, or the husband or the wife refuses to leave. How should a person handle that very situation? The way of protecting and saving ourselves and safeguarding ourselves against the fitna is not only to leave that place. There could be other solutions to it. The best recommendation for that person is ask your local imam, the scholar that you have around you, that you normally go to and you trust, ask him that this is my situation. Explain your situation to him and find out the solution for your situation. You don't have to leave your family and throw away your children in order of thinking that I'm going to leave the place of fitna. Maybe you'll go and get into some other fitnas uh, wherever you would end up being. So, first thing, get a right recommendation on the basis of Quran and Sunnah, asking the scholars around you, and then take that uh, wise step towards the right direction. You, does the Quran or Hadith talk about the Freemasons and the end of time? I haven't heard them in read this name in Quran and Hadith. And if you can quickly give us some advice as to how to protect ourselves and our family from Al-Nara, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu fu'atifakum wa ahlikum nawa. How to protect ourselves against Al-Nara, against the Al-Nara. Time of Salah? We have two minutes. Two minutes? We'll get to the last question, inshallah. We do have some other questions about the Ajuj and Ma'ajuj that they said that Isa and Islam. But inshallah, these topics uh, respectively will be articulated tomorrow. So we don't want to get into those topics until we've covered them, inshallah. Okay, inshallah. So the, basically the last question is here about the uh, protecting ourselves against the adab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the adab of Naar, which is very simple. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If we want to answer in two words is obedience to Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Obey and follow Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is why Allah sent Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so that we be protected against the adab of dunya and akhirah. So, learning our deen, teaching our children this deen of Allah, following the sunnahs of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that is the protection. Going away from the ahkam of Allah, from the book of Allah, from the deen of Allah, this is, of course, leading us towards the adab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah protect all of us. Aqulu qawli hadha wa ishbaqli wa ahli wa lakum. Walisa'i bin Muslimin wa Muslimat wa akhri da'wa anayim.